What's up, everybody, and welcome, welcome to Over the Top. Uh, we'll be reviewing the latest matches and happenings in the Premier League with an American perspective. We'll also throw in some hot takes and our favorite Jesse Lingard stats, uh, who's, you know, it's got to be a favorite of the show here. Uh, I've, I'm Kyle. I've got my man Justin here. What's, What's up, dude? What's up, Kyle? I mean, Jesse Lingard. I could go on and on about his, well, we actually, love him. I actually couldn't because his stat sheet's pretty blank. But, you know, I could go on and on about his misses and trials and tribulations as a Manchester United player. Speak for yourself. I could write a whole book on Jesse Lingard. He is poetically bad. And I think he is statistically the youngest player in the Premier League <laughs> to ever be this young, ever. Yeah, he's just such a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> the youngest 27-year-old I've ever met, I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never met him. Good God. Oh, my God. I, match week 25 had some interesting, interesting games, Kyle. It's crazy that we're at match week 25 at this point. It's really kind of flown by in what's been a really weird season so far. Oh, it? yeah. I mean, you look at the table, and we'll get into this a little later, but from Tottenham at fifth place currently. Yeah, down which is to, shocking. They're in fifth place. It doesn't feel like a fifth place team. No. Uh, down to 14th place. I think yeah. it's a seven point gap between fifth and 14th so that is just bizarre yep and you know well what's always been the most competitive league liverpool's running away with it sheffield united is in the mix for champions league (laughs) like what uh correct me but i just got a transmission kyle from our our stat folks and they said that sheffield united is above manchester united that's right yeah yeah, I think they've got one more point than United. They've played better. They've been, they played better than Spurs all season. Yeah, they let's have. Let's be honest. They have. And then it's such a weird season that Wolves being in, what, sixth place? Yes, they are in sixth currently. Um, Only a point behind Spurs in fifth. That, you know, it's been such a weird season that Wolves hasn't even been a big storyline all season. So, yeah, it's been a weird one. But, um, you know, I guess this is our... Uh, I guess it's officially our relaunch. Yeah, our relaunch. Sort of toyed launch. around a little bit. But. We, uh, we had some episodes, just for clarity here, we had some episodes that we didn't really promote, but it was just for, you know, more of like friends and family type yeah. of thing, whoever follow us on our close social media. But now this is the official first yeah. episode it's official. Over the Top. It's official, but I'm still drinking beers here and there. Uh, what are you drinking today? I've got a Hales Ale Super Goose IPA. And so Hales Ale local brewery we're based out of seattle washington so a lot of good beer here and we've always got something new every every day yeah i think that's the goal right uh getting into the match week kyle match week 25 spurs two, city nil that is right so real quick i'm a spurs fan i've got to say so i'm really pumped about this one not pumped about the season but i mean how would you even summarize this game where do you even start i mean you start uh, it's a crazy game. It's yeah. a crazy game. I it mean, had a little bit of everything, didn't it? It's a crazy game, Kyle, because we had... Let's just start. I mean, I'll just say it before we get too deep. It was a terrible refereeing, just all the way around. Mostly yeah. biased towards City, but just right. terrible calls both ways, too. Yeah, we both uh, Both teams got shafted, although I feel like City can count themselves lucky. But, yeah. Probably, but it was a terrible, terrible performance. Yeah, Mike I, Dean, who is the leading ref in the Premier League, um, God, there must have been at least five calls that were just horrible and just, yeah, it was not good. Um, top to bottom, we can get into it later. But yeah, so should geez. we? Let's go quick timeline here. Yeah, twelve. We can try. Twelfth minute, uh, Sterling, terrible, terrible foul. Um, somehow yeah. VAR looks at it and uh, is just booked for a yellow card and yeah. not a red card. I, I thought that was surprising personally. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it given all season. I think Aubameyang had a really similar challenge and got a straight red and was banned for three games. And, you know, it's, what, two days later we're recording after the game and Sterling hasn't been banned. Yeah, I haven't seen any no retroactive. retroactive. red card. Yeah, not good. Uh, so he's on the field. Game goes on. Mm-hmm. City going on, dominating, destroying Tottenham in a 0-0, as much as you could destroy a team. <laughs> Uh, then Serge Aurier does Serge Aurier things and likes to foul people in the box. Yeah. But the strange thing is, Kyle, Mike Dean waves play on. So, you know, right. not a foul. Oh, and pl- not even, to make it even weirder, play goes on for what, like two minutes? Oh, yeah, it's not like minutes. 10 seconds and then it's like, oh, let's look at it on VAR. No, it, it's two minutes, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, and it's not like the ball goes out. Mike Dean actually stops the game Yeah. two minutes later. Two minutes. Like, a lot has happened. I can't tell you what happened right now because all I remember is 
the game getting blown dead, but a lot happened. Like, the ball went to the other side of the field, yeah, then no, back. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. I, I don't think any chances were created, but, um, I mean, City was 100% in the Spurs half, and the game was moving, so it was really weird all around. Uh, so... Awarded a penalty after the VAR review, so, you know, Tottenham summer signing uh, didn't come through for them there. Gundogan steps up for the penalty. Really terrible penalty, be, to yeah. be honest. Not, not in the corner, one. not very good pace on it. Just no. not, not very good. Uh, but Yoris was off his line, as we see in the replay. You know, they don't always call it, but pretty egregious. I mean... So at least, it agrees, just at so least like two feet off his line. So he was off his line. It was it was not like where it was like you know questionable. It was definitely a bit yeah. off the line. So saved, and then we had another <laughs> controversial moment when Sterling went down in the box after a tackle. Yeah, after the saved penalty. After the saved penalty, <laughs> uh, in real time, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, I, I did really too. did. I did too. Um, so I was shocked. I'm like, what the hell? How are they not giving a penalty for here? But upon further review, because mm-hmm. cooler heads prevail here on this podcast, we are both reasonable, uh, for the most part, uh, rational men S- here. Speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, it was a dive, Kyle. Oh, it totally was a dive. And Yoris, you could see in the video, he actively pulls his hand out of the way, and Sterling goes down anyway. And um, keep in mind, Sterling was lucky to stay on the pitch um, with a straight-up red card challenge. For now. For now. For now. Yeah, so he's we'll on a there. yellow card. We'll get there. So no yellow given for that. Moves on. Well, no there for was... diving. Yeah, no yellow. So, yeah, he's so on not a... only should he have been sent off once. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll okay. get there in my timeline. Uh, so in a scuffle after this, because there was a little bit of uh, nonsense going on, after this uh, appeal, right? If you remember, uh, Zinchenko is booked for a yellow card. And this is going to come into big... This is going to be big later. Mm-hmm. So, halftime, 0-0. City dominating as much as you could possibly dominate a game uh, with it being tied. Tottenham doing no, showing no signs of life. Zero shots, zero shots on goal. Uh, Deli Ali and Son looking like Sunday League players. It's it's brutal out yeah, there. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> God, Bergvine, new signing, looks like the best in possession, which just says a lot. I think he's uh, getting the number ten shirt at Tottenham tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, goes on to the second half. Uh, City has come out dominating again, like they did mm-hmm. uh, to leave off the half. Gundogan gets a pass, center of the box, right in front of the goal, hits it over. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. That was the sitter. That, that was the sitter. That should have been one nil city. I mean, regardless of whether Sterling was sent off early or not, uh, it doesn't matter because he was on the pitch. They should have been up one zero mm-hmm. at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. But they're not. At least. <laughs> so you know, city going on dominating play again. But then Tottenham get a breakaway, and Zinchenko instead of trying to run and cut off an angle or make it difficult, decides to grab uh, and get a second yellow card. Totally deserved second mm-hmm. yellow card for. To be sent yeah. off. Yeah, you can't you can't argue with that decision. Honestly, uh, it was stupid. It was a dumb decision. It like really it's stupid. not like it was an obvious goal. No. Either. So. No. And it was Harry Winks carrying the ball out of his own half. I mean, it did show remarkable pace, honestly, for what I expected for Harry Winks. Right. Of course. But <laughs> are you ever going to be worried about Harry Winks pulling a son and running ninety yards to score? Never. Never. But. Anyways, red that card. was a turning point. Down to ten men. City goes. And not three minutes later, mm-hmm. Kyle, Bergwine, off the chest, mm-hmm. turn, volley, bottom right corner. One nil Spurs, one shot on goal. Very first shot on goal. Very I first mean, shot, honestly. I'm, yeah, it was, actually. <laughs> and Bergwine, who signed, what, three days earlier mm-hmm. from PSV in the Netherlands, too. gets a start. Th- you know, baptism of fire, and looks really strong. I mean, Spurs hardly had the ball. But he was good when they did have the ball, and um, you got to say it was a great finish. Really quickly volleyed it after testing it. Yeah, down. that was I, quick. I, I, yeah. Seriously. But, yeah, it was a great goal. Uh, so City trying to push. Obviously, they take off Aguero. He's not very happy about that. Um, after they were down to 10 men, they put mm-hmm. on Jao Cancelo, and then Jesus came on later. But then, eight minutes after the Bergwijn goal, 
Sun. Uh, you have to say, great play from Ndombele. Great play from Ndombele. Uh, gets, slips Sun through for the goal. Sun yeah. had a nice finish uh, past Ederson. 2 nil Spurs. Hard for City to come back down down a man, down 2-0 yep. away from home. And that was kind of the end of it. City's tried yeah. to make a little, tried to shoot, but there's nothing really begging after that. Um, there were a couple opportunities in the game where City hit the post. Aguero mm-hmm. uh, had a near post opportunity as well that he yeah, hit wide that he could have done half, I believe, that so. he could have yeah. done better and put it on frame at least. Mm-hmm. So um, overall thoughts on the game, Kyle. I think I think Spurs got lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, unlucky in the sense of refereeing decisions, but how the game played out, I thought mm-hmm. by far they were the worst team in the game. Uh, but they got the result they needed, and that was a huge three points for Spurs. Yeah, I mean, talk about a, a three points that really has an impact on the top four race, uh, especially with Chelsea dropping points, which we'll talk about later. You know, and they're pretty susceptible to doing that. But you know, I, I'm gonna push back against the okay, idea that that Spurs got lucky. Look, City dominated. Dominated. If you look at the stats, I think let's City look at the had, stats. City yeah. had what? You keep talking. I'm gonna pull up the stats. I, Spurs had three shots. The shots. entire game. Yeah. And they weren't great in possession by any stretch of the imagination. Pretty awful, honestly. Yeah, they were they were bad in possession. Deli Alley, I mean, a performance of the ages right there. He's was that his brother or was that Deli Alley? Yeah, Deli's brother was out in full force, honestly. But yeah, Spurs were not playing well in possession whatsoever, but I honestly felt that they defended well. Hmm. They gave up two or three great chances that you'd usually back City on scoring, but they didn't. And you got to say, if City was if City was more clinical like they usually are, Spurs would not have won this game. It would have been a totally different game. Oh, a totally different game. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't really think Spurs got lucky by any means because Sterling gets a red card in the 10th minute or whatever it was. That totally changes the game. Um, but getting a red card early in the game, you know, probably doesn't have the same impact as Zinchenko's red, but... I thought Spurs they bended but didn't break. And well, I, thought I mean they gave, it was a classic Mourinho performance. Mourinho honestly. park the bus performance. Thirty three percent possession. Yep. Three shots. Yep. But they always looked twenty nine clearances. Kyle. Right. But for how bad they were in possession, I felt like Spurs were always a little dangerous going forward. And had Delhi or Son not played like garbage for seventy minutes, then. Um, you know, I think they would have created more chances. But So, City and Spurs in the Premier League have played a total of 46 times. We didn't discuss this pre-show. How many times do you think Spurs have won out of those 46 total meetings? I mean, my gut feeling is that Spurs probably have edged it and have won more of the matches. They've won 24 of the 46. City have 15, and they've drawn 7. So That's right. You just remember, recent history, City were not always good. No, yeah. I mean, they're basically good because of the, you know, money from Dubai. Are they from or the yeah yeah the, uh, Abu Dhabi? But Abu yeah. Dhabi, yeah. So uh, I mean, you know, they're basically if Man City was a country, they'd be what the third richest country in the <laughs> that's world. A joke, right? or something. It's <laughs> <That's> a joke. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably not that far off, but you know, I'm getting at. But yeah, I. Um, I don't Would know. You, I, I think it's important to caveat, though, as we are making fun of City, uh, that Swansea City have won a trophy more recently than Tottenham. So oh. it's always important uh-huh. to uh-huh. you know reel ourselves back in and you know do some self realization and realize that you know Tottenham are not that good of a club. They haven't had much history. They haven't had. Oh, now that is some <laughs> bullshit. That that was just to rile you up a little bit. Yeah, but no it kidding. is true that Swansea City have won a trophy more recently. That is. I, I'm not arguing with that. That's a fact. I mean, we don't have to get in this argument, but Spurs are definitely one of the traditional powerhouses. Come on, let's not be crazy. If there were a top five in the Premier League, I'm not sure if Spurs would be in the top five. Like if you're like, like the, big, the last, like big, oh no no no, over the last 150 years or whatever. It yeah, was. yeah. Are you sure about that? Like if you're thinking like okay, if you have Spurs big... are one of the clubs that have dominated a decade. I seriously. Yeah. I mean, what other? There are not that many other clubs that can say that. And they're the first club to win the double, the Premier League and the FA Cup double, win what was the Champions League. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is in the 60s, though, so I'm not going to be a glory hunter for 50 years ago. That's when they use, like, a cow's stomach for a ball. No kidding. (laughs) This is, like, 40 years, 30 years before I was born and conceived. Yeah, but it's—come on, man. I know you're trying to get rise on me, but you're right. 
Swans, Swansea have won more recently. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. <laughs> Swansea City are a championship club that I happen to be a fan of, and they're not very good. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, and let's just say when I first started becoming a Spurs fan, Spurs were terrible. Yet I still saw them win a trophy. And I'll never forget. You'll never forget it because it's the only one. That I'll ever see. Uh, Leicester 2, Chelsea 2, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. This is a really back-and-forth match, honestly. I Probably pretty even, you got to say, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I would say Leicester edged it. Sure. Um, you know, Chelsea got two goals in a very non-Chelsea way. Under yeah. hard with two set-piece goals. It's almost like Mourinho goals or yeah. something. Yeah, it was weird. Great headers by Rudiger, especially yeah. the second one. I don't know. If, if you haven't seen it, Go look up the goal. Bullet header from, what, maybe 15 yards out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, honestly, looking at this game, I- I'm not really surprised how it went. Uh, I don't know about you. I-, I kind of expected a draw, but there's one big talking point to really – There is. Um... You know, that I saw going into this game and coming out of it, and that was their goalkeeper, Keppa. On the bench, Kyle. On the bench, Lampard. I am done with you, Yes, Keppa. Yeah. Yeah, reminder that Keppa is the most expensive goalkeeper ever of all time. Of all time, and he was bought for must have been seventy million pounds, I believe. In that, I think it was close area. to a hundred million dollars. So yeah, like yeah, that sounds about right. And more expensive than Allison. Yes. You know, just for a little bit of and Ederson and De Gea. I mean, De Gea was a little bit ago, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, brings in Willy Caballero, a backup who uh, I don't know. I don't think he did too hot. I think he was kind of at fault for the second goal. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that in mind, I was starting to wonder, are we going to see Keppa again? Because I was reading stories that Lampard wants Keppa out of the club. He's had enough of his season. Uh, I think he has the lowest save percentage of any goalkeeper in the league. I think that's right. Uh, at least that was the case two weeks ago. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. Do you see Keppa coming back into this Chelsea team? Keppa's not coming back, Kyle. I think he I think he might play in a game that doesn't matter or in like a an ancillary game against Norwich or something upcoming but in a big game they play Man United next week Willie Caballero will be in goal and the fall of Kepa is quite astounding yeah it's pretty crazy you know people gave him a pass for a lot a long time you know he's young he's growing he's gonna learn He's hasn't, a player manager. He hasn't really <laughs> learned. He threw a tantrum when Sari was manager last oh, year. He God. wouldn't go off the pitch. It's amazing. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare signing. Quite a failure. Yeah. If this is it, this is uh, quite a failure, and Chelsea will lose money on this for sure. Oh, tons of money. It's a really, it's a really weird situation because I think it looks like Chelsea are going to ship him out in the summer. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Chelsea have given Lampard the keys when it comes to transfers, I mean, if, and he wants them out. If and you're Lampard and you make that decision, that is not that is not a light decision. Like, sorry, no. benching Keppa for the antics is more understandable, and then playing him a couple weeks later, right, right. But coming back and just saying, "Hey, you've been bad. Mm-hmm. Like, we do not trust you in this. Honestly, a big game against Leicester. Oh, it was a huge game. Uh, and playing Willie Caballero in that. Like, I don't, I don't know how you come back from that. Like, that's not good for a goalie's confidence either. So if you're like waffling back and forth, that's yeah. just bad management, right? So, but if you're making the decision saying, "Hey, I do not trust you as a manager. I don't think you're good enough for this football club." Not that Willie Caballero is either, but he doesn't have that pressure that Keppa does. So. Yeah, it takes a lot of balls, honestly. And I, you know, I, I kind of got to give Lampard credit for being decisive because Pep does the same thing. Mourinho's done the same thing, and um, yeah, it, it'll be tricky, but Chelsea will lose a lot of money off of this. Yeah. But also, re- it makes you realize how crazy it was to spend $70 million on any goalkeeper. What, do you come from, Bill Bow or something? Like, Yeah, and I mean, he was a good prospect, and I think he'll still be a good keeper, but that was too much money. But I think it's way too early to jump ship on Kepa, personally. Um, but that being said, he has been really bad all season. Not he, worth the money. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And that's kind of what you have to... Uh, yeah, Bill Bell. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you have to... You know, it's all relative, right? If you, yeah. if he was signed on a free, then it's like, oh, you know, that's yep. a good young prospect. And he's yep. learning, but... No, he hasn't. For a team like Chelsea, He's gotten worse, honestly. Yeah. He was better last season. A lot yeah. better. Um, but 
I guess real quick before we move on to the next match, um, what do you think about Leicester without Vardy? I thought they did all right. I mean, he played in this game, but you know, no, okay, he, not a full, not a full ninety. He's coming back, right? right. Uh, they got lucky with that one. That it's just a glute injury instead of a hamstring. Right. That was that was rumored to be way worse than it is. So if he's able to work his uh, way back into the team, I know they have a couple tough matches next yeah. two weeks against yeah, Wolves and thinking. then Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can steal a game against one of those two teams, I think they're almost a lock for top three. I'd say they're a lock already. They I might mean, be, but twelve points ahead of a Spurs side who's that's true. just been. Uh, yeah, we'll get into top four a little later, but yeah, it's uh, it's looking more promising for them, and that Vardy injury not being serious is huge for them. Yeah, huge. it says says everything about this team and this manager, and I mean they're just on a roll. They didn't sell anybody. They're on a roll, and they've had probably their worst period of the season in the last month. Right, that says it all. I mean, and they look they look man. arguably the better team on yeah over the third, third best third yeah. best team in the league yep. easily. All right, Kyle. United nil. Wolves nil. <laughs> I can't believe this is on the docket for one of the games we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no but, kidding. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll... Old Trafford is a fortress for teams visiting it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's uh, quite remarkable. Uh, you know, just the general consensus around Old Trafford. Teams go there and they don't lose. It's what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like multiple players who've gone to United and played against United have said this season that it's not intimidating anymore. And it's like the quietest it's kind of empty ever, too. Yes. Yeah. And really the only people involved in Manchester United that think the club are going in the right direction is their manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. Everyone else from the outside, top to bottom, I mean, my God. Wolves away from home against United, I know is a boring nil-nil draw. Wolves were the better team. Yeah, you know, you, I agree with you, but you look at the stats. They didn't have possession, I think 34% possession. They had about equal amount of shots as United. So if you look at that game, you say, oh, Wolves are playing that counterattacking style of football. They like to play with Raul Jimenez and Adama Traore. But yeah, they looked like the better team. Their passing was crisper. It looked like they had an identity, which is something that United does not have. It looks like they have a game plan, mm-hmm. right? You know, Raul Jimenez, there's a sometimes few minute stretches where he's not touching the ball but right. when he is and when he's ready he he's awesome right. right right you don't have someone who looks not interested and fluffs his lines like, like Martial yes like I, that has been surprising for me watching Martial this season looks totally like he's lost his spark and it's kind of disappointing even though I am not a United fan whatsoever but every game that goes by I'm just I shouldn't be surprised anymore but it's just right I, it just confirms that he's not it for United. Like, yeah. I don't know if he's a bench player. I don't know. He probably wouldn't like that, right? So we'd probably have to move on from him. But he's not as... I mean, for the quality of club that Manchester United should be, right? he is not at the caliber that they need. Well, who else? I mean, how many other players on United can you say that about? I mean, No, not many. That's the part. That's the problem. And I don't... Is it? Is it the manager not getting the most out of them? I mean, there's probably a combination of the is two. But bad, I, bad recruitment? I think that's definitely part That's of it. probably I mean, it, too. I mean, look, look, if you're looking at... I mean, these are all young prospects, so it's sure. kind of fair. But, like, Daniel James, starter for Manchester United? And I, he should Fred. have never... He should, Daniel James, before moving on, he should not have been it. Like, he would have been a good... It would have been a good off-the-bench player this year. Right, you kind of, like, put an arm around him, yeah. and you anticipate him being one for the future. Same with McTominay. A lot of FA Cup games, yeah. Right, exactly. But I just look at this United team, and they're just not very good. Yeah, and to be credit for Fred, like, he's been a lot better than he was last season. Because it was... I mean, can't get much worse than that, but... No, he was terrible. Uh... If Fred is a starter week in and week out for your football club, you are not a Champions League club. No, definitely might not. not even be a Europa League club. Definitely not. And, uh, I mean, the best player from midfield was one that was training for two or three days, Bruno Fernandez. honestly. I mean, right. sure, he was iffy in possession sometimes, kind of lost the ball, but um, he, he was the one who wanted the ball on the pitch. He wanted the ball. He the wanted entire, to make things happen. The entire happen. match, you know, he had a couple shots that were – he had some good shots, honestly. Mm-hmm. He had some nice plays. I mean, it wasn't the best performance ever, but clearly they got a player there. He's looking forward for passes. He's like yeah. trying to make things happen, trying to move the ball side to side, different things. So, 
Yeah, definitely an entertaining watch and something that some a player that does have quality. No right. doubt. There's it's quality there. So now right. can United use him and can he get the most out of their team? So Yeah, right. And I mean, potentially that United midfield looks pretty nice. You can have a midfield three of McTominay, Fernandez, and Pogba, but hmm. uh, FIFA. Pogba doesn't want to be there. So, you know. Uh I mean, are they gonna be able to replace for Pogba anyway? It's, I mean Are they gonna we'll be see. able to I mean Will that manager even be there in the summer? So that's the thing. If Ollie yeah. stays, which, man, I can't imagine if he stays past the summer. I Pog can't was, believe he's still there. Pogba's probably gone. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. After yeah. the Euros, gone for sure. After if, he shines for France. Yeah. Yeah. If he leaves, if Ollie gets the can, does he still leave anyway? Probably. Because United, I mean... United are probably not a top club, and you, you only you only have so many years in your career. Right? I love that you just said that. United are not a top club, probably yeah. not a top. I mean, they've been ran like garbage for years. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, you overpay for the center backs and for everyone. Don't buy a striker in the. Oh, sorry, no, they did buy oh. a striker, Kyle. How sorry, can we forget? how did I forget? From from China. Yeah, Odian Gallo. Yeah, of Watford fame, like three years ago. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, just real quick before we move on. Uh, Wolves, Kyle, um, they're good. And yeah. they have a tough Europa League slate. Not that they're playing a tough team, but it's just a lot of games in a short amount of days. So that's something they'll have to keep up with. But Ruben Neves, their defenders, they got Bali back this week, which is big for them. Got some depth. Rui Patricio is yep. a solid keeper. You have Rule Jimenez, that's great. Hota, Hota's solid. They have Pedro Neto off the bench. Yeah, he's, he's been, looking like a good, promising player. He's looking player. like a good, promising young player. They have this Portuguese contingent that yep. seems like it's a pipeline. So Yeah, they've got a connection with George Mendes, the, one of the super agents who represents, God, must be like 50-plus players. Does he represent Pogba, or is that Mino that's Raiola? That's Mino Raiola. Okay. Yeah, he's the annoying one. George mm. Mendes is the one that doesn't seek like headlines but they i mean they represent like equally like big players i think mendez has ronaldo i think you're right think. yeah any big portuguese player and yeah so they're able to get this great recruitment system going with some chinese finances and um they're going places they yeah. can finish the top four they could. honestly they could do you think they will kyle they'll get close okay. but i don't think they will okay uh kyle it's time for rapid fire let's do it Kyle, Burnley, nil. Arsenal, nil. Woo! I mean, I love that as a Spurs fan, but Jesus, Arsenal. I, You know, I thought they would turn it around under Arteta quicker. You know, I, I think he's been actually a better appointment than I anticipated, but Arsenal, they just... Burnley were unlucky not to win this match. Uh, Probably. Jay Rodriguez... Um, you know, hitting the crossbar on a volley and it barely doesn't cross the line. This was at the end of the match too, and they deserve to win. I mean, Arsenal looks sloppy, poor defensively. I mean, just, in, in name value, they have Alex Lacazette out there. They have Aubameyang. They have Mesut Ozil. In name value, that's a team that should just be a good attacking, solid right. team that's getting a lot of shots and a lot of chances. But then you throw in a young exciting attacker on form martinelli too mm-hmm. there's that's your front four yeah crazy you got to get a goal at burnley yeah it's it's bad it's bad lacazette it's really bad. is in a terrible form i know this especially well because he's on my fantasy team kyle it's it's brutal right now it's surprising i because i thought lacazette was fantastic last year him and Aubameyang. I mean, both of them. I mean, Aubameyang. I would still say, if you look at his stats, has been producing this year. I mean, oh, obviously this 100%. game not so much, but it it makes you wonder if Aubameyang needs to be that spearhead of the of the striking contingent, or just that one, or you put him up top with Lacazette and rework things. But yeah, him on the left, I'm not sure is utilizing him to no. his fullest potential. No, and I, well, that's the problem for Arsenal. I think you say the same about Lacazette. I think Lacazette's best in a partnership. Aubameyang is a pure striker. Right. I think it was kind of... Uh, they're both great players, but I don't think they're really... Those two together, I mean, you have to find a way to have them in a pair, and Arsenal haven't figured it out yet. I mean, they like each other, so that's good. Yeah, so they should, but... and, and they have good chemistry. Right. 
but you know Arsenal need to completely change the formation to you know accommodate both of them and I think it's a mistake that they haven't at least tried Liverpool 4 Southampton nil, Kyle and I thought Southampton looked pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah what does that say about Liverpool I mean seriously and and Southampton were unlucky not to get a penalty which would have if they made that penalty brought them up 1-0 I think uh Ings was fouled by someone was I forget who falling down and they brought their trailing leg up and clear penalty somehow miraculously not given by VAR but Liverpool they're a machine. They're a machine, Kyle. And Southampton had created about 17 chances against yeah. Liverpool. That's crazy. Yeah. And Liverpool doesn't matter because they'll still, if you make one mistake, they will just punish and slam it down your throat. So I haven't seen a team be able to win ugly like Liverpool. Like to how Liverpool are so good at winning ugly. I haven't seen anything like it in a long time. I mean, you've never seen anything like it. It's 24 wins, one draw in 25 games. That's oh, stupid. Definitely haven't seen anything like this. Uh, their their Ever. form. I mean, even if they don't go unbeaten and they're not the second Invincibles after the Arsenal 3-0-4 side, Arsenal had like 12 draws that season. They did. Liverpool have just completely blown legend people even if they don't look their best on a particular no they're the week. masters of grinding out a result i mean top to bottom they're so balanced and they're in the next round of the fa cup playing oh, their yeah. backups so. yeah when your u20 side or whatever can you know beat a fourth round fa cup team i mean god things are going well for liverpool let's yeah just say. i mean there's nothing i mean no, what more can you say there's nothing to say there's nothing to say bournemouth two aston villa one kyle yikes villa this, this was an, uh, what they call a six-pointer. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, if these are two teams in the relegation battle, whoever loses, yikes. I mean, yeah. they're not only are they uh, losing three points, but their opponents that they need to get over is winning three points. And, and, and it's a team in the summer, Kyle, that we had higher hopes for. With the signings they I, made, it, se- it seemed intentional. It seemed like they had a plan. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's looking it's looking bad, and it's I know they're seventeenth right now, but it's yeah. it's looking grim. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually surprised I picked them to stay up, but just about I picked them to finish seventeenth. But right. it's looking pretty grim for Villa and against the Bournemouth side that has hasn't zero been good confidence. Good I mean, coach, but yeah, I've never seen a Eddie Howe team play this poorly. But um, Villa needed this one, and um, you got to say. Uh, it's looking like they'll probably get relegated, honestly. No striker. Their game plan is basically hope Jack Grealish, their great attacking center mid, does something. And that's it. That's it. They leak goals, can't score goals. Yikes. It's a bad combo. Yep. The team that won't get relegated, Sheffield United, wow. wins away from home at Palace at Selhurst Park 1-0. And that's like the master Sheffield United 1-0 win. Yep. That's what they've been doing. They, and they got lucky. That own goal was really, really, that was terrible from Guaita, yeah. who's been actually great all season it's for Palace, but this should be the story of the season. My and gosh. it will be, I mean, the story of the season will be Liverpool, but yeah. Sheffield, and then, and then have probably, you ever seen a promoted team, I mean, Wolves last season maybe, but It just feels different. Just, they're just, they, they're le- way underdogs. less sexy, right? They're People not People expected team. Wolves to do well, but Sheffield, What? Yeah, you know? players you haven't really heard of. No one. A team that's like, okay, that was cute in the championship. You defend, but no, not against these Premier League bad boys. But right. all they do, seemingly every game they play, whether they win or lose, is a one-goal game. Like, it's right. right, close, down to the death. Right. They are in every game. doesn't matter if they're playing Liverpool, Man City. Right. Uh, yeah, they're not going to get smacked at all this no. season. But what's weird is they don't park the bus. They no, attack, they play some and they have some football. some nice passing and moving. It's, yeah, Chris Wilder, honestly, any other season he would be manager of the season. Right. I mean, I mean seriously, Sheffield's manager, but you can't look past Klopp this year. But still, no. he's done he's done great things. I, honestly, I it, it's almost like Sheffield's become everyone's second team. I mean, the stats so against Arsenal. This was last month, but. Uh, they had 40% possession, 12 shots. Arsenal had 11 that game. So it's not like they're, you know, not going for it in some yeah. games. I mean, every team kind of parks the bus, bus against Man City and Liverpool, right. right? But besides that, I mean, they go for games and they've been winning. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I've, I've loved watching Sheffield. Hats off. They're, they're, they're safe, Kyle. They're oh, safe. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, they do they have, the next three they, games. They almost they get, have forty points. Yeah, they have thirty six in their next three against Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Brighton, and Aston Villa. Like, come yeah, on, got to be they're done. At least four it's points. Done. Yeah. Um, okay. Watford two, Everton three in man choke fest. That seriously, of the weekend. This was the weirdest <laughs> result. Well, I mean, Spurs beating City was shocking, but this, this result th- is weird. This is the choke fest of the weekend, though. I mean, Watford up two nil. Yeah, what? Not only up two nil at halftime, or should have nope. been two 0 at halftime. <laughs> they were completely dominating. <laughs> like Everton weren't even in the game, and then Yeri Mina two goals, two in times, extra time for this, extra time of the first half. Yeah, some great headers, but hmm. come on, you Watford. can't, you can't, you can't allow that a defender to score two goals so, in stoppage time. And somehow, after dominating all match, you're tied at at the half, and then but wait, um, there's more. Yeah, there is more. <laughs> Uh, Theo Walcott comes up clutch with a nine extra time winner. Down a man. Down a man. Fabian Delph, right, another red Fabian. card. Oh, God. This game Delphi. Had, it's almost kind of unfair that this game didn't get featured and is put under rapid fire because there's so much to cover here. But let's face it, these are two. Wofford will be mid table team. They won't be involved in the relegation battle. But nineteenth um, currently. They are. It's true. But two teams that I feel like are kind of mm. on the up and. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a crazy game. Yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate that our producers made us cover Manchester United, but that's just kind of how it goes. I mean, you got to cover how bad Jesse Lingard and Ollie are. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention his name during the recap because he didn't play. Um, West Ham 3, Brighton 3, Kyle. West Ham, another team. Talk Yikes. about another choke fest. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, West Ham. I You look at West Ham and you almost don't understand what the problem is. Currently sitting 18th in the table. Yikes. And if you look at that roster, they're not a team that should be getting relegated. No, I mean, they're not probably a top eight, but, like, they're definitely, like, you could see them easily 11th, 12th. Like, they should. that's where they should be. Any team that spends 40 million pounds on a striker. Right. Who? Well, Joe Linton. Oh, uh, that's, yikes. That's true. Yeah, talking about um, Howler on West Ham. Uh, and, you know, they've got good players who other teams want. I don't really understand why, but... Um, Man, top to bottom, West Ham, they've got problems. They've got problems. Do you think they should be worried about relegation? Of course they should. They're in 18th. Yeah. I, I mean, we should all keep in mind that we've all seen a talented West Ham team get relegated before. This was maybe 10 years ago. 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Where they really shouldn't have, but they did. And so it's not... What a disaster for that club. I mean, they occupy Olympic Stadium to go down. That would be straight disaster. No kidding. After, like, fighting Spurs to go into the into the Olympic Stadium and it's about to get a lot uglier for West Ham because who are the next two God, not only the next two but we'll, we'll go into all these but the next two matches City Liverpool yikes both away from home too yeah I don't think they'll be getting any points out of those uh, then they play Southampton Arsenal Wolves Spurs and Chelsea. Yikes Kyle this is bad this is dire for West Ham and only one winnable game in their next seven and that's the game against Arsenal. So this is uh, <laughs> this is brutal. This is brutal. Well, I mean, they could do something against Spurs. You never know in that game. It's like the one game all season that they show up. Jesus Christ. But, you know. Uh, last game, this is our weekly. We want to blow this into the outer space and never talk about these teams again. Newcastle, nil. Norwich, nil. Norwich in trouble. That's all I have to say. I hate them both. All right, Kyle. Let's move on to transfers. Let's do it. So we're going to cover on some of the big names that were incoming at the end of the transfer window and the outgoing transfers at the end of the window. We'll mention a couple things about them. Are they going to be successful? Are they not going to be successful? And then for the outgoing ones, is the club better or worse off without them? Right. Let's start off. Obvious one, Bruno Fernandez from Manchester United. Big signing of the the winter transfer window. Um, They paid a lot of money for him. Paid a lot of money, but I think they had to. Yeah, well, I mean, United's gonna have to overpay for anyone. I mean, because they as, put as your favorite, what's his name? Uh, first name Maguire. What's his first name on United? Uh, Slaphead. Oh right, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, eight, I mean, look, if he's eighty million, then Bruno is like, oh god, more than eighty. So they actually got a good deal. Wamsak <laughs> is fifty, but they really needed the signing. Honestly, they they lack quality in the middle, especially with Pogba. Um, either Taking injured or yeah exactly that's <laughs> more more like he's having a vacation over in uh, dubai or something like that but um yeah this is definitely the big transfer of the window um success or not 
you think? I think it will be a success. I, I'm not sure if United as a squad will be, have success, but Bruno, I think, is a much-needed transfer. Agreed. He has a lot of quality and goals that they lack up top, especially with uh, Rashford out injured. Yeah, that's a bit, I mean, surprisingly huge. Oh, I yeah. guess not unsurprisingly, but it shouldn't. he shouldn't be that important to the club. No, I think I think United are lucky that Rashford's had such a great season. But uh, Bruno, I you know, sometimes I wonder if he'll really work in the Premier League. He's kind of small. But um, at the same time, he plays kind of like – he reminds me of Frank Lampard, honestly. Goal-scoring center mid, not an attacking center mid, but uh, pops up in good areas, wants the ball, wants to take responsibility. I, I, I think it'll work. But um, What's the next one? Well, got to stick with United. Probably the funniest transfer I've seen in a long time. Uh, Odeon Agallo. This one kind of came out of left field for me. Totally I feel like I didn't hear about field. this before, like – the day before they signed him right and, and it was, it's just like what Who? oh yeah that guy that was on Watford I think like, yeah Premier League fans you remember Odian Agallo scored a lot of goals at one season for Watford I think it was 2016-17 yeah yeah that sounds right you know goes to China for a couple of years scores some goals there doesn't want to be there anymore probably for a lot of reasons um contract yeah. expiring other things that are going down there right now so <laughs> coronavirus um so this is a fail, Kyle. This is a fail. Like you can't oh, recruit, is... you can't recruit a better, more quality striker to come in there and be a poacher for your team. Like I don't know, Holland out there. I don't know. He's bad. I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, how? What is the really the big impact he can make in six months? No buyback clause in that contract. It's brutal, and yeah, I this, don't exist. You know, you have Martial. You know, you're gonna put him up there. I I doubt he can have any meaningful production. Yes, he'll get a goal or two, but it's it's not worth it to me. You know, it's weird as I can actually see a Gallo scoring a couple goals, um, but this transfer stinks of desperation like no other transfer I can see. I mean, Spurs desperately needed a striker, and even they pass up Igalo. I mean, what does that say about United? I mean, this is a striker who's... It's going to take a while to get used to the Premier League again after being in China, basically on vacation, making half a mil a year or whatever it is. No, a week. A week, sorry. Yeah, got a year. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is this was such a desperate transfer, and it's uh, honestly hilarious and is United in a nutshell. So, Kyle, next one, uh, Tottenham Hotspur signing Bergwijn. Oh, it's a great signing. Right. It's the best thing since sliced bread. That's right. Yeah, what's weird is we didn't even talk about him in the Spurs game because, you know, we are talking, trying to get through with a, a good time here. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about the sign? I personally think Bergvine will be a great signing. Uh, he gave Spurs a lot of problems last year in the, in the Champions League for PSV. Uh, and if they weren't going to sign another striker, then they need another winger to replace Lucas or Son, who will be up top and... To me, it makes a lot of sense. He seems like a, a player for the future, and the price that you got him at. That's a great at, deal. It's a great deal. Are you kidding me? Uh, so it shows a lot of promise. Honestly, he was a better dribbler than Sun or especially Deli Ali in the game. So Not only dribbler, but I, I felt watching the game as if out of the front four, I mean, Sun and Deli had a bad game in the first half, but he was the best in possession. You know, he, he kept the ball moving. He has that Dutch style. For being there for three days. Right. If that, right? So. I think, And I think it'll be a lot to expect him to carry the team. I, I This is a signing for the future. Sure. And I, I don't think he's... I think he might have a rough second half. Like, he could go yeah. on a dry spell, right? Yeah, totally. But I still think it's going to be a good signing long-term yeah. for Spurs. And what, what, I, what I will say is it gives Spurs a lot of pace. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is fast. It's good. So they've, they've got Son, Lucas, and Bergwijn. It's something they've That's always had in the past. Pace. In the past, they had Gareth Bale going way back. They had, yeah. uh, why, why can't I think of his name? Aaron Lennon. Like, I mean, yeah. not, not yeah. the great Spurs teams, but they've had a pace consistently, and they didn't really have that right now. So That's true. something to unlock that. Which could actually work for Mourinho's uh, counterattacking, you know, yeah. setups. Who's next? Really. Probably the most annoying. I mean, Bruno Fernandez is annoying transfer. It took way too long, but this one it took more than a year. I swear. But Christian Eriksen, outgoing, finally leaving Tottenham, um, which is really sad. One, honestly, in my 15 years or whatever being a Spurs fan, one of my favorite Spurs players I've seen. 
I loved watching him, but this year... Do you have an Erickson jersey? I do, and I will not burn it, but man, he was the most disinterested player I've ever... I've never seen such a good player play so badly, and I think it's a good riddance. It should have happened last summer. Could have gotten a lot more money out of him. But he goes to Inter Milan, who, um, honestly, great signing for Inter. So if I were to grade this transfer for each club... I'd give Inter Milan probably a B plus, yeah, A minus. I think you know fifteen million or whatever it was to get Christian Eriksen. Dude, I'd say A plus. Might as well worth it, right? Like, it's a fail. Yeah. It's not that much money. In I mean, prime? the wages are probably high, but you know, I I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, for for Tottenham, I'd give it at least at best a D minus. Like that was just a terrible handling of it. You oh, you mean with considering the summer and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. You have the UEFA Champions League final. You're in. He pretty much makes all indications that he wants to leave then. And you has a on, terrible game in the final. You, you leave on good terms. You sell him for at least probably $50 million, right? It becomes Five like zero. a club, club legend. Club I mean, legend. Right? You leave on good terms. Probably goes to like Madrid or something. Uh, United even. But hell, like to go to Inter Milan is a you know, step down for him. Yeah, in probably wages and potential growth for his career, but yeah, also for Spurs, that's just a big lost opportunity in replacing a player. Right, I mean, and a lost opportunity to make a lot of money off of him. I mean, the timing was right in the summer. Um, I think shipping him out rather than losing him for free for that alone, I'd give Spurs probably a B minus. But it, that, I can't. That's, that's factored I into can't, the D minus grade. Right, I can't. Right, it would have been a straight up F. F yeah. Yeah. It was a disaster to even let him stay, and it, it was really sad. But plus side for Spurs, they signed his replacement in the summer on loan and signed him permanently. Yeah, signed him Although permanently. He, I think he's a totally different player. I don't think we're talking about Giovanni Lo Celso. Not as much of an attacking center mid, but can play there. I think he is more of a – he's either an attacking – number eight in the center mid or can play attacking center mid but better dribbling and on the ball as more power and pace but erickson's got that passing ability that is just only beaten by what de bruyne and, probably and only a, alexander arnold maybe yeah i mean two players Messi. maybe yeah oh that's not even from really uh right. lastly we didn't even write this one down just 10 seconds danny rose 10 seconds thank god danny rose always in the media talking that trash um this should have happened a while ago. On to bigger and better things at Newcastle United, though. Yeah, I think good riddance. Spurs, you got to give them credit for giving away the two toxic players in dressing room and Erickson and Rose. I think that's, I think, actually, I think that makes Spurs' window look pretty good. All right, so let's talk about, I know you're high on Spurs quickly uh, before we're out of time here. Uh, top four, Kyle, going forward, who, as this is our first podcast officially, who do you finish on record now? Who's who's in the top four? Uh, so City are winning it. Just Psych! kidding. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Is that even possible, like mathematically? I guess. <laughs> Barely. Um, I mean, I feel like you and I both pool number one, City yep, second. Those are the, those are obvious top four locks. Whether City finish second or not, I mean, right. if they had a disaster, there's no way they're missing the top four. So right, right, right. And um, you know, this whole season I've been waiting for. You know, I, I don't want it to happen, but I've been kind of expecting Leicester to sort of fall off and hit a bad patch. Uh, they're in their bad patch, and they're still doing pretty well. So I think they're a shoo-in for third place, honestly. Okay. What, 12 points ahead of Spurs? 12 points I ahead I mean, of Spurs with 13 games left. They have After Wolves and City, they have an easy run of really games. Really easy. I mean, credits to Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Another person who should be up for manager of the season. But I've got Leicester third. This but is where it fourth, gets interesting. Fourth Very place. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. And in the media and in pundits, I'm hearing kind of half and half between Chelsea and Spurs. Um, some people saying United. Some people saying Wolves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, clearly unbiased opinion here. I think it's going to be Spurs. I, I got to say, I'm always the most <laughs> pessimistic Spurs fan, but I see Chelsea as a really inconsistent team. And my prediction of Spurs finishing fourth is based on Mourinho's past, basically, as a person who can grind out results. And when I look at the Spurs team, the squad is there. The players are there. Sure, they should have better backups and outside back and up top, but 
the squad is there. There are good players there, and I expect them to actually improve, but it hasn't happened yet. Kyle, this is why you don't host your own show, is <laughs> because we need a balance of opinions. We need someone to reel you in and give the truth to our audience, because we, we don't want to fill their heads with a bunch of this nonsense, right? So Yeah, we're not going to be Rush Limbaugh up in here. Agreed with your top three, but your fourth place, Tottenham... Again, look uninspired. Their midfield is a mess, but minus Lachelso. Uh they have no striker. They have no striker. That's not it. That's just a fact. Uh, Yori's back from injury now, so that's that's a plus. But I see Chelsea finishing fourth. I mean, I, either way, it'll be close. They're inconsistent for sure, no doubt. Uh, but I think they have more depth. For more depth, they have multiple strikers and. They can, I think they can win more games than Tottenham. So, I, I predict Chelsea fourth. Um, I'm gonna go Wolves fifth, Kyle. I think they're, I think they're having a great season. Yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna miss out on top four, but what, what hats off to you know they started slow, they roared back, and they're giving all types of teams trouble. Almost tied Liverpool there. Right. Um, they're a shoo in for Europa League. Shoo in. Shoo in. Uh, six Tottenham, seventh United, and that won't even go. How further. dare you? Wait, what, what was that? At six the end? Tottenham, seventh United. Oh, here, let me give you my uh, fifth through eighth. I've got Chelsea in fifth. I think it'll be really close. I would say maybe a point or two okay. between Spurs and Chelsea. I think it'll also be equally as close with, with uh, Wolves. I've got six. I think. So you think it's really going to come right down to them? I then. think it'll come down to the last day. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, I've got United in his seventh, and mm, so. Sheffield United in at eighth. You know, you know who didn't... we didn't talk about? Uh, Norwich. Yeah, that's true. And like Everton, Everton, and like West Ham. Um, but how about the Gooners? Oh, <laughs> yeah, they need to turn things around for either of us to have faith in them. What does it say about the Gooners that I think Arteta has been a great? managerial appointment and has done well and uh they're not even making either of our top eights. they have a negative two goal differential in the year that's amazing you love to see it all right kyle that's a wrapped that wraps up episode one yeah wow feels kind of weird we're back i know we're back boys that was uh the quickest 50 minutes i can ever remember in my life yeah that I, was I mean, fast i can't tell if it's like the the beers that i've had or we're just kind of like keeping this moving but you know we're working on getting it on the 45-minute uh, mark. That is true. For Kyle, I am Justin. We will see you next week for Match Week 26, Chelsea against Manchester United. Ooh. Woo! Manchester United is not winning that game. Nope. All right, see you later. See ya.